Welcome to Voice of Thunder, where we declare the earth-shattering truths of God's Word about culture, family, and church. I'm your host, Lance McKenzie. So we have a new year upon us. Everybody's doing new year, new me, right? As the it's what people want to be. And there's nothing wrong with that you know, and wanting to be a better person in the next year. Everybody wants to be a better person. Everyone wants to grow. And we should want that. Even as believers, our desire should be to grow in grace, grow in love, grow in truth, grow in wisdom, to grow, to become better people. And part of that process is experience, learning to grow through your experiences in life. But how, how do you grow? How, how do you become more mature, more wise? Is there a way to grow? Is there a way to jumpstart that growth or perhaps even grow exponentially beyond what most other people around you are growing? At what levels they're achieving? How do you grow? How do you grow in wisdom? How do you grow in knowledge? How do you grow in a way that you can mature? So, some people will say that growth just comes through experience. So you, you can't. You really cannot grow without experience. That only as one becomes older and wiser, you know, the old saying, you know, the white hair means wisdom. Only as you grow older do you gain wisdom. And while that's a, an interesting thought, there, there is a, another side to that. One of the, the philosophers said that the only way to grow the only way that experience helps you to grow is evaluated experience. Experience by itself does not necessarily make you grow, right? You, you and you've seen people like this that they're they're older, they're they're in their sixties, seventies, and they have done the same thing. Maybe financially, they have always uh, just blown it. When they get it, they blow it. And now that here they are in their sixties and their seventies, they're still doing that. They've they've not changed in, in their in their money practices. They've not learned to store up for winter, uh, like the Bible talks about going to the annual. They store up for in the summer. They store up for the winter. You know that there is no no storing up, no setting aside for the hard times. So when when you look at that, you realize that there, you know, experience does help, but evaluated experience helps far more. And you ultimately have to know what is good before you can grow into that good, right? Until you see the goal, you can't aim the arrow at it and fire it. Until you know where the target is and know what the target is supposed to be, you can't grow into it. Evaluate experience and having a target. Now, what if I told you you could learn from people maybe two or three times your age who have had to go through the school of hard knocks, have had to, to fight and war, and they have they have recorded all their experiences, and, and they have stored them up and locked them away, and you can steal from another man's experience, or borrow, may not steal, but borrow from another person's experience to grow. That's valuable. I mean, that, that would be a jump start. That would be a leg up. Well, that's what books do. Books and reading allows you to take another person's failures, fallings, successes, and achievements and, and learn from them. 
so that you yourself might grow, so that you yourself might mature, so that you yourself might become a better person. So I'd encourage you this next year. Everybody's making New Year's resolutions, of course. If there's any resolution that you want to keep, whether it's weight loss, whatever, there's all kinds of resolutions people are making about finances, their, their weight, their health. I'll tell you the one thing that you should keep. If, if you don't keep that fitness goal, that's all right. If you don't keep that, that, that health, if you don't, you know, if you don't cut all the sugar out like you're supposed to, if you don't do it, whatever it is, the one thing you need to keep is you need to keep a systematic, constantly reading books during your life. Because I'll tell you, those books can enable you to achieve new goals in the future that you were not able to achieve. Maybe next year, you will have kept, or maybe you will have read three or four books this year on fitness. And so you're not only are you motivated, but you're also empowered to know how you can lose that weight. Or maybe as a Christian, you, you're, you're wanting to change your prayer life, revitalize your prayer life. And you can just make a resolution, I want to do better. But you, you got to pour some new strategies and some new ways of doing this into the pot. Well, it only comes from reading books. But how do you how do you actually do that? And is it actually beneficial to do that? I mean, who actually reads anymore? Who actually takes the time? Well, I'll tell you that some of the best minds in the world do. Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, lots of those guys. They are constantly reading new books. Some of them read a new book a week. Many read several books a month. On leadership, on science, on growth, on whatever. You'll go look it up. Elon Musk, uh, uh, Steve Jobs, these guys, all of them read a ton on leadership. And here these, these guys are the cutting edge intellectually. And yet they are reading. Well, why? Because they knew the value of borrowing from another person's experiences and using it as a way to grow in wisdom. Well, how do you do that? How, you know, in this busy time, Lance, how do you, how are you doing it? Are you actually doing it? And I have the last two or three months, I have started reading more. I'll tell you, it's been beneficial to me, both mentally, it's been beneficial, even emotionally, somewhat, I feel like. I feel a little bit more confident, I guess. It's kind of odd. But it, it has been helpful. And what I've been doing is I have been listening, doing audiobooks. And actually, audiobooks, they said help you in, in, in a way that beyond a way traditional book will because an audiobook when you listen to something you have the tendency to encapsulate the thought quicker than you would while just reading a book and it's because of conversation we talk more and we listen to conversation more we listen more than we read during our daily lives and so you will actually comprehend it better listening to it you will remember it better listening to it than you will reading it. So that's one thing you can do to start doing audiobooks. I also, if you are a pastor or a preacher in ministry, I love Logos, Bible software. I use it for my messages. I use it for my Bible study. But I also use it on my phone. And you actually can set it up to where the books you have bought, it will read those books back to you. Every book, it will read back to you. Every single one. And it uses the, the voices on your phone, the, the 
um, all those voices are coming. I have iPhone, and with iPhone you can select which voice you want. And some of those voices are, are enhanced, they call them enhanced voices, and they're really well done. And I got one, one guy used he's Australian, the Australian enhanced voice. And it's, it's easy to listen to. I don't mind. It is a little computerized sounding, but I'm used to it. And, it, you know, I enjoy it. I, it doesn't bother me. I, I do that. And what I love about that is I can actually copy and paste straight from the app. If I like a good quote, I'll copy and paste it and so I can keep it for later. Another resource you can do is Libby. Libby is a free app that you can download to your phone and it, you just take your library card and you scan it and Libby is, is going to take whatever your local library has and it's going to allow you to read it online. Now you could do this a couple different ways. You could of course find audio, lots of audiobooks on Libby. So is that that's really useful. But there's also you, you could as well on, on my iPhone, yeah, this is iPhone, there's a way to turn on where it will read to you the on-screen content. And you just, like, I can swipe down from the top of my phone right now, and it will start reading what's on the screen to me. I do that sometimes for websites. I might have it while I'm driving. I might have it read to me a website or read to me an article. You might be able to do the same thing with Libby. I haven't tried that, but you can give it a shot. At the very least, you can listen to all these audiobooks, and it's free. It's just taking your local library card, and it's free. Highly recommend that. But how do I, you know, like, how do I comprehend? How do I remember and make use of it? Because it just seems like I read a book and it goes in one ear out the other. Are there ways I actually remember it? And I found that one thing I do is I take notes. So whenever I hear something good, I will actually I have a I have a folder on my notes app on my phone, and it's my books folder. And I make a new note and I name the note whatever the name of the book is, and I will write into it. If I'm driving and listening to it, I will go over to it. I'll click the text-to-speech or speech-to-text give me button on my phone, and I will talk into my phone and and just give my summary of what it's saying. I find that helps my reading comprehension so much. And also, in the future, if I ever want to look back and say, you know, what was good in this book, and go back and look through my notes, I can quickly find what I liked in that. So by doing that, by writing it down. It's engaging my hands or my voice and my brain, and it, it definitely helps me to remember a lot better. So, and like I said earlier, audio will also help you encapsulate better because we take we 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 listen and we make conversation more than we read. Lance, how in the world? Like, there's so many of these good Christian books I read, but I get halfway into them, and I just get, I just quit. Are you like that? I've been like that, where, where I've got so many half-finished books. And I was listening to a guy who is a pretty well-known, he's got a, pod, a Lutheran podcast, he's a Lutheran guy, and he's got a podcast called Just Sinner, I believe is the name of it. And he is, he's a pastor, but he's also, like, over a seminary. Like, he's, he's, a, he's over it. Like, he's the dean or whatever they call it. He, he's over the seminary. And behind him, he's got rows of books. He's got bookshelves upon bookshelves behind him in his videos that he does. He says, and you can go look it up. He says, I have done, I've read every book on this bookshelf. And and people ask me, he said, how do you read every book on this bookshelf? There's a hundred plus books here. There's tons of books here. And he said, the way that I read so much is he says, I don't read, I've read all of these books. But I've not read all of each book, right? So 
inside that book, he only read the portions that either applied to him or that he enjoyed. And I have found that in a lot of biographies and a lot of biblical, in a lot of Christian books, that there, there gets, there's a certain point in the book where it gets to be a slump. Sometimes Christians are not the best writers and we don't know how to hold our audience's attention all the way to the end. Sometimes in the middle of that, you need to take that section, whatever that chapter is, skim it and move on. Charles Finney wrote a, a classic book called Lectures on Revival. Classic book. Everybody quotes it. Everybody says how wonderful it is. Jim Simbola says it was it's so useful to him and his church. But I have started that book and finished it three times. And I'm like, how why? Why do I keep doing this? And the reason is the first two or three chapters is on prayer. And honestly, it's nothing new. Maybe at the time period it was new. But for me, it, it's it's old information, and I just zone out because it's stuff I've heard before. And so what, what I did this last time is I said, well, I'm just going to skip that. So I skipped through it, maybe skimmed a little bit, but I skipped through it and went on to the next section, which was actually really useful. There was some really useful stuff, like some really powerful things that he said that I would have missed out on. If I had let, if I let the first three chapters knock me off my course, I would not have finished the journey. And I still don't think I've actually finished the book. I still, I got to the end, and there was still another section that that was a slump and wasn't applicable to me. And I didn't, I didn't follow through in my practice. I should have continued on and, and skimmed that. But I, I finished most of the book. Most of it's completed. Do that with your books. Don't don't leave it on the shelf. Don't 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 just throw it out to the side. Skim it and move on. Don't feel guilty about it. It's not your fault. It's not well written. Skim it and move on to a better portion. The other thing that might help you in reading your books is plan out your year what you're going to read. Choose beforehand the books you're going to read for the year. Now, I will say this: don't choose just anything. What I did is I went to I went online and I found the top 100 like Christian books and I went through it and found the ones I liked the best, the top 100 for the past like 200 years, 100 years. And I pulled from that the best and the other books I think that are interesting. And what I do now is I go to I, I made this this big list right. I keep a list on my phone of these books and then I and DeRay will go with me and we go to these bookstores and I will find those books and I will begin to skim them. And see, is this a book that I will like? Because although it might be on a bestseller list, although it might be highly recommended, when I read through it, maybe I've read a book like that before. Maybe this information isn't really applicable to me, in all honesty. And I found that. I found books that they're bestsellers. And you know, there's one called Atomic Habits that, that it's bestseller. I skimmed through it. wasn't applicable. Just because it's a good book doesn't mean it's necessarily the book for you. So make your list, buy those books beforehand. I went ahead and I bought several books already for my year, which is going to help me. It's incentive for me to read those. The other thing that is useful in choosing your books is to remember that if you put fluff in, you'll get fluff out. Right? There's a reason why some books have lasted 100, 200, 300 years, and it's because they're classics. It's because they're the best. 
if you put fluff, if you put cotton candy in, you're going to get cotton candy out. You are what you eat. And that includes intellectually as well as physically. So I'd encourage you, try and find books that are useful. And find books that are going to grow you and are classics. One thing I do as well to help me, because it, it does get tiring when you're, when you're reading a book. It, it does get tiring sometimes when you're reading through that book. I, I, what I've started trying to do is every month I say I'm going to read two books a month. Right? And it's actually a much more attainable goal, especially if you're doing an audiobook. And I choose two different types of books. One book might be very deep, very intense, very you know intellectual, academic. The other book is going to be more relaxed. It's going to be an easier to read book. One more technical, one more laid back, easy read. I have found that very useful for me because there's times where I just I don't feel like listening to the other book. I've wore myself out. But I know I still need to be reading and growing, and so I choose the other book. I found it, it'll keep you from that, that book from getting stale and keep your habit of book reading from getting stale. At the end of the day, knowledge is power. The more you know, the more you can grow. The Bible tells us to pursue wisdom, it encourages us to live a wise life. That with knowledge and understanding, you can grow and mature. And as you evaluate your experiences and evaluate your life based upon the books you read, it's going to allow you to grow and mature into what God wants you to be. The Bible says in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. The more voices you can listen to, not every voice deserves to be at your table. Not every voice deserves to be at your table. Some, some voices are fluff. Some are evil. Some are, 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 are unrighteous. But the good voices deserve to be at your table. And they can grow you and mature you and make you into a better man, woman, parent, father, worker, husband, businessman, preacher, pastor, leader. Whenever you can take from another's experiences and use those to grow you in wisdom, that's invaluable. If you can do that... You will be a new you in this new year.